Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. We're all facing new challenges, and if you want someone to talk shop with that sat in your chair, I've got you. If you want to become a legendary leader for the team you lead, hit me up and hit me up soon. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are having an epic opportunity. We are having our first ever three-time repeat guest. And when I tell you who it is, it's not going to surprise you. This person was our number three most downloaded episode of 2021 in his encore performance, and he's gone on to help sales leaders and sales teams change the game all around the world. He's having so much impact, people now call it a sales rebellion. And if you haven't figured it out already, our guest this week is one of my favorite people I've ever had on the show, and I'm talking about the one and only Dale Dupree. Dale is the leader of the sales rebellion. He helps people make how they sell their competitive advantage in ways that makes them legendary with the people they work with. He has an approach to sales that helps the sales process become something everyone enjoys, builds trust, and creates unforgettable experiences along the way. His impact has quickly led him to becoming one of the most important people in the sales profession today. If you know Dale, you know why I needed to get him back on the show. If you know Dale, you know why he was a no-brainer to be our first three-peater. He's everywhere. He speaks at the biggest events. His content is must-follow. And his insights are the things that will help you create impact very, very quickly. For those of you who have been on the show for a while, you probably have been one of the ones that told me how much you appreciated Dale in the past. If you don't know Dale or are new to the show, you're about to have an epic experience and we'll find out why it's so important that I got him back on this show as early in the year as possible. We're going to have a really important conversation today as we help every leader listening to this show have more impact with the people they lead and ultimately make 2022 the best year of their career. Dale, my man, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us for time number three. What the heck is going on, bro? It's exciting to be back. I I don't know that I've been on a show three times except for this one on top of me being, you know, the first three peed here. So I like I just crushing records as usual <laughs> as a salesperson, apparently. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> love it, man. Love it. Thanks again. I'm really glad that you would join us. I know how crazy it is. It's a crazy time for you. This time of year is busy for guys in your world. To carve out a little bit of time for our listeners. I'll thank you on their behalf right now. Thanks for joining us, man. Man, my pleasure, bro. It's absolutely an honor to be here. So listen, let's start. Uh, uh, let's start where we left off last time. You've, you've done some stuff in the last year. You've released some new things as part of the sales rebellion. You're doing more for the sales community even now than you ever have. Maybe you take just a couple of minutes and update our listeners on some of the things that you've done since you've been on with us last time. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's always something to do with the sales rebellion. So we, we now have a pretty thriving Slack community since the last time 
that we chatted. Uh, we're up over a thousand members. I think we're over 1300 at this point, very engaged community of sellers and sales leaders that are coming in, sharing wisdom, sharing ideas, building that rebellious community that we just dreamed of since the very beginning of starting this company. Uh, we've come up with some other products too, right? We've got some some things that sellers can go and get into without having to drop, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on yep. SKOs or on, you know, sales training specifically, but things that also provide intrinsic and extrinsic value. Because I just truly believe that what the sales world slowly needs is a drip in the direction of providing value to people that's beyond even words of wisdom, right? But actionable items to be able to give individuals that substance that they desire in order to be able to get the results that they want in their sales walk. But, but really, I mean, we're just continuing to, to, to really gain the most momentum inside of the coaching and, and training side, which I know, you know, very well that that's what people desire. And that's why people are in your community. That's why people latch on to, to what it is that we're building, what it is that you're building, because they see the inherent value in those types of things. They want guys like you guys like me at the forefront of their sales growth and, and a capacity that's, you know, manageable and that they can handle and that, you know, again, gives them what it is that they desire to have. It's, it's one thing to buy a book for 20 bucks. It's another thing to have Rob as, as your mentor, you know, day in and day out as you grow inside of your sales career. I've always looked at that as the, the number one leading factor inside of what the rebellion will always be. And, and so we're heading in that direction. 2022 is going to be huge, man. We're going to turn our product into something more licensable, um, there's a, there's a, just a lot behind the scenes and I, I don't mind telling you because I love you and I, I love your community, but you know, there's lots of announcements coming in the next couple of weeks and a lot coming in this year. And so I'm excited about the fourth time I come on when I can break another record and we can talk more <laughs> about these things. <laughs> well, Dale, thank you. And for our listeners, by the time this episode's done, I hope in the 45 minute conversation, we're going to have that. While you're listening to Dale and I talk, if you're not connected with him on LinkedIn and other places, if you haven't hit the Sales Rebellion website while we're talking, do it, man. This is someone you should watch for those announcements. This is someone that you can learn a lot from, and you're about to find out as we as we get into it. So, so with that said, Dale, let's talk about this year. It's going to be a huge year for you. You said, uh, I, I love the way you said it. Even the way you said it, everybody that heard you, we didn't hear it. We felt it the way you said it, man. <laughs> you know and and I want to talk about that. I want to talk a little bit about mindset as to start this conversation. I, you know, just like the other two times we've been together, I don't know exactly where the conversation will go. Um, but I, I want to start with mindset because that's where everything starts, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. I think too many sales leaders are still focused on the number they have to hit. I don't think they realize that salespeople have an outcome-related role, but leaders have a growth and improvement-related role. They can't go do the deals. They've got to help people grow. And I think the elite ones are super good at moving past the numbers and connecting to the individual. But if there's one thing I know you're great at, it's looking at the whole person and the connection to the person. And I'd love to just get your talk about that that mindset of a leader going into this next year. You know, I think back to when I first started in sales and I, I, with everything that you just said and, and just some of the things we talked about before we got on here, even I, I think back to when I started in sales and I think what did, what was going through my head and also what was on my on my heart at the time when I got into sales. And if I if I really reflect on that, I would say that I, I looked at it as an outlet for myself because I was I was a punk, you know, I played in a metal band, I had tattoos, long hair, big holes in my ears. I wasn't necessarily the mainstream or the status quo. And and so I looked at sales as kind of like a home to an extent. And now I didn't look at it as 
like, hey, this is a job or a position or a title even that can make me a ton of money, right? But I knew that those things were available to me, right? I knew that with hard work, with perseverance, with a belief in myself, with an understanding of my community, I knew that I could get to those places of monetary success. But really what attracted me to sales was that I could call it home for more reasons than just one, right? Or two for that matter. Like I could fully invest myself into this type of of role in, in the vertical that I was in selling copy machines, you know, of all places, right? Like how can yeah. a guy like, like Dale Dupree find home, his home and sales in a copy or, you know, capacity, sales capacity, right? It, it's kind of a mind boggling thought, but, but because of the reality of what sales is, it was a very easy thing for me to lean into. And because I had that at the, the foundation and the core of what it was that I believed and what I knew I would get from a sales career. My mindset was different from the moment that I started because my mindset wasn't just like, I need to protect my, uh, my, my home per se, or the wealth that I want to build, or it was, I need to protect what I'm committing myself to, which means that I need to protect the, the community that I'm going to be unleashed to, which we call a territory right inside of sales, right? But I looked at it as a community. I need to protect this community. I need to build a reputation here. I need to, I need to create something that's worth everyone's while, not just mine. If I'm in it just for Dale, if I'm trying to go out and build my wealth and build my legacy from the perspective of my stuff and my status, who cares? Like nobody cares about any of that. But if I'm out serving others, if I'm out thinking from that different perspective that we just need to start from a for at a forefront standpoint, at a foundational standpoint of our sales career, then my mindset will be much cleaner as I as I start to make twenty five thousand dollar commission checks. Which that was my first uh, five figure commission check was was twenty five thousand dollars. Nice. And and I'll never forget that moment, dude. I mean, people listening to this probably just got to chill right then thinking of their own experience going, God, yeah, that was a moment, right? And what was, what was really fun about that is that I wasn't the first and it wasn't the, or I'm sorry, it was the first, but it wasn't the last. And as a matter of fact, the next month I made 17,000. The month after that, I was over 20 again. And the, and the following month is when I made my biggest one yet, and w- which was 38,000. And at that point, I kind of looked at all this money I just made in four months and I went, okay, like consistently because of my foundations, because of where I focused myself and my mindset, here's some of the payoff of that. And that now the other side of this is that then I took that financial status that I was creating for myself and I didn't say, let's go buy big cars. Let's go do fancy things. Instead, I said, how do I continue to protect this community? How do I continue to protect my reputation? How do I continue to build on what it is that I've started instead of just abandoning ship all of a sudden and saying, cool, I had this formula. I'll repeat it over and over again. I'll get rich. I'll buy a private jet and a big house and, you know, fancy boat. And instead I, I, I my mindset and the thought process of, of who Dale truly is stayed very present. And it was that kid from back at 22 years old, right. That was coming out of music and, you know, living a dream touring all over the United States, being on a major record label and, 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 saying to himself, you know what, what's going to make me happy is, is something much more consistent in regards to a family lifestyle, in regards to being able to be committed to my fiance at the time, now wife, being able to, to look at the fulfillment of those things, the fulfillment process, the things that we actually truly feel around happiness and say, music's not making me happy. And then looking at sales and saying, wow, what a cool place that I could go and get involved in. And I know that's kind of a tirade a little bit and a little bit of a rant, but, 
but I, I hope it gives a good general perspective of, you know, not everybody comes out of college thinking, yo, I want to just pay off my debt and find a job for the next five years. Not everybody comes out of a career that they, that they longed and lusted for and, and, and that they desired like music and says, ah, let me just, I'll just go do sales because I can make a bunch of money there. Right. Like there is, there's something that drives us intrinsically just as much as what drives people, you know, extrinsically from a motivational standpoint to make money. There's something that drives us intrinsically as humans that if we tap into at the forefront of what it is that we're doing, and then we can nuance it throughout our entire existence and career. It, it, it not only makes us successful in sales, but it's like you said, it brings our whole self to the table and everything that we do. And so people reap the benefits of that. And because of that, it creates even more success inside of your life. Even, even when you never did a deal with somebody, you made an impact with them because you, you give a shit and it, and it goes beyond the thought process of just selling something. It goes to the thought process of how do I treat this other human being across the table from me the way they deserve to be treated? And will that bring me fulfillment and happiness? Well, hell yes, it will, Dale, because that's the kind of guy that you are. And so lean into that, tap into that, stay in those moments, and you will continue to find that success, right? I love so much of what you just said, Dale. Like that, that little intro that you just gave everybody a taste of you, there's at least three different places that we could take this now. And, um, and so I, I'm, and plus I got other things I can't wait to talk to you about. So I want to sit in this one for a minute because that's a really great story. Uh, I, I love how you were chasing what you grew up thinking would be as music. And then again, like so many of us, we kind of accidentally fall into sales. So we're accidentally involved, <laughs> but we come intentionally successful. Fair to say. And, right, very fair. and, and so I want to talk a little bit about what you just said. I want to extend it to a sales leader now. So, how can a sales leader help the members of their team find that commitment that you talked about if they don't already have it? Cause not everyone's going to be as enlightened as you were, you know? And, and right. here's the one more thing I'd say is before you answer it, one of my very best sales leaders I worked with last year, like you would know the company. Well, really great company, ridiculously successful sales leader. He told me the biggest fear he had as a very seasoned sales leader, Dale, was he said, I worry that I'm not creating enough impact and I'm not being a good enough dif- difference maker. And I asked him why. He said, I never had a leader that helped me figure it out. They just told me to figure it out. And I'm worried that I'm being the same leader and I don't want to be. So I, I would guess a large number of sales leaders probably didn't have that sales difference maker in their life either. How do you break that chain? It, it, it's such a great topic, bro. And it, it, this is such a hard one too, right? Because I, I feel like we've all observed this differently and experienced it differently to some extent. But at the same time, there's also these commonalities that we can all kind of lean on that as se- successful sales leaders, especially. So if I, if I go from my days of selling into my VP of sales role, and yep. I think about like my first ever hire, okay? And I think about how I took my time, I was a little meticulous. And then I got this gut feeling that was like, this is the person that I should be hiring. Right. And then, and then I hired that person that my expectations for them was that I wanted them to be happy. Sure. I, I definitely looked at it and said, strategically for my company, this is the type of person that I can see from my own perspective and my own experiences. This is the type of person that has a lot of potential to be successful, but no matter how you spend that, it's always a 50 for 50 chance <laughs> that you're taking on someone. You're going to be hiring somebody from the same industry that you're in that has immaculate 
uh, numbers, you know, and and just in general, re- a great reputation over the company that they're currently at, and they could come to you, and within six months they could fail, right? Yeah, there is so sales is such an interesting and intricate game that that at the drop of a dime, people's entire existence inside of the profession can change. This is why, though, bro, it's like you said earlier, like. How do we help people become and be their, their whole true self? Well, because we stay away from that kind of stuff for the most part, because we think, I don't want to be a therapist or uh, that's, that's pleasure. This is business, right? There's a difference between personal and business. You know, when we, when we create these lines in the sand, then, then we go to war with other people. At the, that's the bottom line. We go to, we go to war with reality, even. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. So people slowly disconnect from that. So you talked about the sales leader that, you know, somebody just said, I don't know how to help you figure it out yourself, right? It's that whole process. Like, it's okay if you don't know how to help somebody, but you don't need to demand them to figure it out. You need to enable them to be able to go and find their true self and the thing that does make them happy. So if I go back to that, that original sales hire, right? And I think about the things that they accomplished for the first eight months that, that we were together. Cause I, I had hired them right at, at, at summertime. Let's just look at the, 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 the fiscal year. Right. So we, we did about six months together before we got to the end of the year. And I mean, they, they put that this person up on stage and, and he was, he won rookie of the year at the organization. I was praised like, wow, you hired the best, you know, salesperson in, in, in 2016, you know, at the whole entire organization. And, and it, at that point too, like even our team had written, you know, cause I had hired a few more people, our team's numbers were ridiculous. And we were at the, at the middle of the year when I've started bringing people in. Right. I mean, it was, our numbers were ridiculous. Like comparatively, if we had the full 12 months, which we did the following year. Right. And so we proved what we could do, but if we'd had the full 12 months, it would have been stupid. You know, what we had put, what we put up there would have almost been unbelievable in my own opinion and in, in my bosses as well too. Right. But, but here's the point is that all those people, listen, Rob, they did not have their stuff together. They did not have it all figured out. They weren't perfect by any means, period. They might've been good producers and they might've had a really good uh, stint in that year, but it doesn't mean that, that, oh, these are, this is the magic crew. These are the people. They're going to do it forever. We never have to do any, never have to work on them, never have to develop them. That first sales hire, bro, this was 2016, right? It's been six years and I'm still wow. watching that person develop themselves. I'm still watching that person find new pieces of themselves. I've, I've watched them struggle with stents of anxiety and and stents of, you know, minor depression and stents of, you know, just the things that we we deal with individually as humans. Right. And we all do it differently, yeah. uh, but all, you know, all brought on through this role in sales, right? Because, because that's what sales gives to us too. It allows us to choose this legendary lifestyle for ourselves that that goes beyond the mediocrity that goes beyond the status quo. And because of those things, sometimes really what we have to be ultra and uber focused on is the development of the person and the continued development of the person beyond that they're good at pitching and they're good at setting appointments. Those things, those things, sure, they can get better and they can, we can always be sharpening that. But, but if I'm going to be the best sales leader that I can possibly be, it's because I tapped into what my people were doing 24 hours a day, not only the eight hours they spent at my company, right? And sure, there's some of those that time, hopefully they're sleeping. So don't take that literally. I'm not in their bedroom watching them or at their window <laughs> by any means. But the point is, is that I'm enabling them to be who they are outside of those four walls at our office more, which is the most important thing, more so than I am 
trying to make them better at sales, right? I'm trying to make them better as a person. Okay. That is genius. I want to sit on that. I don't, there's no chance we're going to blow by that one. uh, Sensei Dupree. Okay. Um, This idea of the first thing you talked about was commitment, you know, like, and so I made a a note, you know, I'm always trying to put structure around conversations. First thing you're telling sales is create commitment. Now you just talked about creating development and creating momentum. And I loved what you said. I'm going to say this again, and I, and I want to see if we can go one level deeper on it because I think it's that important, if that's okay. You yep. said tap into the 24 hours of this person, not the eight hours of the person. Another way I've heard it said is, you know, connect to the whole person and not just the salesperson. You probably heard that too. Um, mm-hmm. That's a fun thing to say. That's a really good eyebrows up moment to say. Any tactics or suggestions to our leaders on how they might start doing that if they're not already? Absolutely. Like, how do you enable your people outside of the office, right? It's the thought process. And then like, how well do you know them? And are you allowing yourself to get to know them on an intimate level? And it doesn't mean that you have to like break any HR rules. This is just the the topic of conversation, right? More than anything, it's, it's understanding, like, do they like to go out on the lake and jet ski on the weekends? Do they, are they a quiet person? They like to kind of sit at home. And this is the thing is like, when someone says, Hey, I just like to kind of lay low and sit at home. Well, if that's the, if, if that's when I say like, tell me about this person and that's your answer, because that's how they told it to you. You didn't ask the question, right? You didn't dig deeper. And, and this is the problem with so many sales leaders is that they say things like, what do you do for fun? Right. But that's, that's a loaded question. Number one. And like, number two, like the per this person that you're developing and that you've just met not too long ago and that you're trying to get to know, but they're not going to be like, Oh yeah, let me tell you what I like to do for fun. Right. Like they're not going to give you all the details of that. They're going to think, man, if I tell this guy I smoke weed, is he going to fire me right now? Like, <laughs> like there are so many things that can happen in that moment for somebody that they can feel, they can feel almost like that they need to recluse from these types of questions. So you have to also understand that this is a process. Yeah. You have to play the long game developing people just as much as you have to play the long game in your sales career. So when you look at somebody, you can't just say like, all right, I'm going to get to know this person so well right now. And I'm going to do that by asking them a bunch of questions about them. No, what you do is you turn them to what it is that drives and develops you. So one of the first things I ever did with my first hire, and I did this very consistently with anybody I hired, and I had a lot of rituals like this. I'll share two of them with you, is I introduced them to my father. My father died in 2016. Mm. He died right before I actually got my promotion to VP of sales. He would have been super proud of me. I know that. Um, and I honored him in those years of being a VP of sales until 2019 when I decided to become a CEO. Uh, but what I did for the people that were that I wanted to get to know better is that I helped them to understand what drove me and I, hel- and I helped them to know my dad. So one of the first things that I would do is I, there was this little beach in Titusville called Play Linda. It's a, it, there's actually a nudist uh, portion of it for all the listeners out there that want nice. to see some, some really old saggy man boobs. Um, and the and and other terrible things in the in the middle of Titusville, Florida. But it's actually one of the most beautiful places you've been. It's National Seashore, right? So there's for the most part, it's protected and it's wildlife and it's very, it's just very, it's God's country, bro. Like if you were thinking beach and you could actually imagine that, there's no tourism. It's beautiful. Costs ten bucks to get out there. Who the heck's gonna pay that, right? In the first place, and then go to Cocoa Beach for free. So, so my dad used to take me out to that portion of the beach, though, uh, at either Thanksgiving or Christmas time, like start of the year. And, and he would always, we would go out there and he would always start, you know, with a story. And he would tell me a pretty intimate story about 
his experiences living in Ormond beach and his lifestyle and what the beach meant to him. And, and, and then essentially he would, he would give me permission to take all the things that had happened this year and to do two things to, to one, to, to throw out the things that I'm thankful for. And so like we grabbed a bunch of shells and we would throw them in the ocean. Each, each thing you threw out, each shell you threw out in the ocean, you would, you would say what you were thankful for. And, and then he would also give me the opportunity to leave, you know, in the, in those same waves to leave the, all the dirt behind and to shed all of the darkness in those moments. And, and not permanently, he would always say, it's okay if some of those things creep back in, in your life. But, but my dad, I'm, ta- I'm not talking about Rob. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, prancing around or dancing around topics either here, dude. I'm not talking about saying like, I have a bad attitude sometimes. I'm talking, my dad would, would, would outwardly express problems that he had had either in his past or that he was dealing with at the time. And he was very vulnerable with me. And so it was, it was, it was tough, but I was taught, you know, by that man. And in those moments to be super transparent about the things going on in my life, because he always taught me that that type of transparency creates accountability, creates better outcomes. So that little one little ritual, right? Imagine that I took countless numbers of reps, you know, 30 plus reps out to that same beach within that first year that we would be engaged with each other. And I would tell them the story of how my dad would bring me here and that this is what he would do. And this is how we would start either a new year or we would, we would, you know, become thankful. We use it as a Thanksgiving and thankfulness, um, you know, peace in the, in the puzzle of our self-development. And, and if you could do that with somebody and say like, you don't have to say out loud what you want to throw out there, but go ahead and throw some things out. And imagine that the guy standing next to you that you've only known for like five months takes a shell and he says, I struggle with alcohol and throws it in the water. Dang. It's in the, it's in those moments that poof, I'm getting choked up. I'm getting chills right now, dude. Yeah. It's in those moments that man, we just connect with people on a level that's desirable and it's undeniable in regards to like what we're building with those people, because there is no, there is zero reason for doing that other than to help them personally development. There is no condemnation. There is no judgment. There's no expectation of what will come out of this. There is just specifically, how can I help you to develop yourself in those moments? And, and, and those things carried on and on. And we had a lot of rituals that I mentioned that I would say, but really I'll tell you this one, that, that when I got out of copiers, what that first rep, bro, he drove all the way to the office in Orlando uh, that I was working out at this point in time, he wasn't working for us anymore. And he, and he said, Hey, we're going to celebrate this kind of thing. Right. So John comes all the way over to Orlando and he meets up with me and, and all the other reps actually that, that were on my team at the time. And he says, all right, guys, I want to show you something. And he pulls this bag out <laughs> of these just like crappy Aldi hot dogs, dude. And, and he pulls this bag out and he says, all right, we're going to stick these in the, in the bun and we're going to wrap them in, in, uh, uh, paper towels and we're going to stick them in the frit in the microwave and set them for 45 seconds. And then he, and then he says, this is how Dale's dad made lunch for Dale and him at the office when they worked together, when they were going through the economic collapse in 2007 and 2008. And this is literally like what happened in this moment, right? If, if that doesn't tell you how intimate that I was able to get with that person and how developed for like developed to the extent of where fulfillment and happiness meet, right? And not just where success lies, right? But where fulfillment and happiness meet, which is so important for success to be able to even enter into our vocabulary in the first place. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is then. If you can, if you can tell me that somehow there's something better than that, I don't know what it is. Cause I, 
I felt that in that moment. And I'll never forget that. Like I didn't prompt that. I didn't ask that. It was that this person had seen what it was that I had and felt and, and experienced what it was that I did for them in regards to their own development and wanted to give back to me in that moment and honor my father to that particular thing. And that is what creates some of the best outcomes that you've ever had. Cause even if I'm not on the, t- on the team with that guy as a sales leader anymore, right? That guy is rooting for me. That guy has my back. That guy will be a great referral resource for me. He will be somebody that will always be a reference as a sales professional at any point in time. And he will be my friend. He will be my brother until the day that I die. All right. This is so great. Now I want to put something on the backside of what you just said. Uh, This story you just gave, these two stories about the, how you had lunch and going to the beach. Thank you so much for sharing those for me personally. I mean, you're, you're coaching me now but also these 20,000 people who are listening to you. Um, I had several, I'm thinking of four of my clients right now that are trying to create that kind of a connection. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to create a connection with the members of their team. They want to tap into the aspirations of these people. They want to tap into the you know, things that they want for them. Those other hours besides the eight hours are trying to do that. And, and they're hearing, Hey man, you know, my goal is I'm just going to work hard. Like I always do and hope for the best. You know, it's just like, I'm going to work hard. I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to be, be good. And they're finding it hard to crack that code. And I say to them, well, what that means is you haven't built a culture where they feel safe doing that right now. And what I love about what you just shared is that it wasn't them asking the rep to be vulnerable with them. You're suggesting leaders go first. You be vulnerable first. You yes. share with them the things for you. That is something that I think every leader will benefit from because I think most of us, Dale, want to have that connection. We deeply want to have that connection. And I think more don't than do. And I think you've given us a, a great blueprint. Any, any final thoughts on leaders going first? Yeah. You know, I, I think that it's just, again, it, it comes down to what kind of experience are you giving your people, right? Like you just said. And, and so when you go first, think about the experience you're providing, not just like the words you say and, and the way you say it. Those things are important for sure. But what's most important is the way that it's received. And so the way that you present it is important, but it's important only from the, the standpoint of the experience of the person receiving it. Okay, because you, could, you can create this elaborate surprise party for somebody. And, and they walk in the front door and a bunch of people scream surprise and they don't see any of the details of the decorations, of the cake, of the presents. All they hear is a bunch of people screaming surprise. And afterwards you go, hey, how'd you like the party? And they go, man, yeah, the surprise was awesome. And, and in your head, you're like, yeah, but did you see the, the awesome Batman cake that I made for you? And all this other, and, they, and they're like, oh gosh, I totally missed that, right? But like, see, that's the thing that we, we just, we discount so much in the way that we present things is we think that everybody's listening to everything we say and every detail of it all the time simplify the way that you give experiences to people, make them become present in those moments. And the best way to do that is to drive an emotional outcome that you're, that you're seeking in that. So like when we scream surprise for a bunch uh, in front of a bunch of our friends for somebody, like that's scary more than anything. Like what is happening right now? Right. But, but if then 30, two minutes in, instead of, you know, 30 minutes later when everybody's leaving, I ask, you know, the person how it goes, but if in two minutes in, I say, Hey, listen, I just want to make a toast. Right. And I bring the room down and I and I point out the moments that I want this person to experience. I point out the Batman cake. If I if I allow the the focus to be on the things that I need, the, the experiencer, the person experiencing this this particular event, if I point the things out that I need them to at least digest to some capacity, even if they don't digest it the way that I wanted it to, 
yep. that I'm allowing myself to be vulnerable enough with them for them to then, as we know in sales, which is very effective, to mirror the same thing back, right? It's, it's kind of a reverse concept of mirroring, but it's the same thing. Psychologically, we already know this, you know, through neuroscience that the brain literally reacts that way, that when somebody does something for us on this level and this scale that in our heads, we say, how can I get back to this person in the same capacity, right? How do I buy in to this relationship, right? So, so I think like, I think of the small stuff, right? So like maybe your wife is, is Cuban like mine and she makes homemade coquito once a year. That's bomb. And imagine that you've got, you know, someone in your bullpen that you just, you can't really get to, right? So you get the non-alcoholic version of the coquito if you're Dale, because I don't drink, but imagine that you say, Hey, Hey, sales rep, jump in the car, you know, a couple, a couple days before Christmas break, right? Hey, jump in the car. I want to show you something. You drive that sales rep down to the old English gardens where Laura Ritzy, one of my favorite people in the world employed me for several years when I worked multiple jobs back when I was struggling before I had found specifically what it was that I wanted in my life. Right. And I were, and I pull into a parking lot and I, and I pull out that coquito and I, I pour a glass, whether that person likes it or wants it or not. And I tell the story of how my wife, you know, first off, she made what you're about to take a sip of. So like it or not, you better tell me you love it because I'm going to talk shit to her about you if you don't. <laughs> but, but secondly, I want you to know that the reason that we have this here in front of us is because this place right here taught me how to honor my wife when I was working the hardest I ever did in my life. And I was ignoring her and I wasn't thinking about her needs. and I wasn't thinking about what's going to create intimacy with me and her, but instead of was selfish in those moments. And instead I was thinking about money in those moments. Instead I was thinking about all the things that bring all those things crumbling down. And this might not have anything to do with anything going on in your life, but I just wanted you to see a glimpse of something from my past that I believe made me extraordinarily successful in the way that I think and act today. And then I, and and then cheers, you know, I just want to say cheers. I love you. I'm going to take you back to the office now and I hope you have a great rest of the week and enjoy your Christmas break. I did stuff like that. Like crazy, right? And instead of pulling somebody in my office so and saying, what's going on with your numbers? You know, like, I mean, this is going to fix anything. <laughs> right? It's not right. So, but instead, if I can get intimate with people, I can create experiences. If I can attach them into my vo- own vulnerability in those moments, listen, every single human out there has a unique and compelling story that they want to tell, but they're afraid to get off their chest. And the more that you can allow for those moments, for other people, the more that the, the future story that they'll want to tell is to be your biggest fan, to to stick up for your bullpen, to fight for the number that's going to hit your quota this month, and not just theirs, right? Because they're going to see altruism in the way that you lead them. But you got to believe this shit, right? And and I I can't believe I've said shit four times now in this podcast. I apologize, bro, but. I'm really fired up about these topics, right? And and it's very important that people understand that this isn't some kind of move or play. This is about really getting to know people and impacting their lives. Because if you can have a positive impact on one human being during your time in this earth, I I absolutely believe that that was the number one most important thing you could have done in your entire existence. Dale, that that's a mic dropper right there, man. I, I could end the episode on that and everybody would be better off, but I got a couple more places I want to go. If, if you're cool with it. Um, Let's do it. I got 17 minutes with you, brother. It's going to go fast. We, we have, this has gone light speed, dude. Um, the biggest note that I have down, I've, I'm on page two of my notes with you on this 
is connection. Like uh, I think this concept of connection is you're connecting to your commitments. You're connecting to the people you're connecting, you're connecting. I want to address something that I think is a real problem that sales leaders and salespeople are dealing with, and they may not even know that it's, it's a problem right now. And the, what I'm talking about is um, this, this grind mentality. Okay. It's uh, if you're going to grow by 10% or 20% or 30%, then you're going to have to sacrifice 10% or 20% or 30% of the people you care about or the rest of your life or all of those things. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why people kind of stay where they are forever because they love the idea of getting better and ascending and becoming something more and having that impact that you've talked about. But then all of a sudden it's just, oh, well, I guess I don't deserve it because I haven't done enough of the grind. Got any thoughts around that? Yes. The grind is a lie. At 26 years old, I had more problems than I ever knew could exist in my life. And it was all related back to money and how much money I was suddenly making and this new lifestyle was creating around me. And I wasn't fully trapped in it and I wasn't getting myself stuck in it either. I should say I wasn't buying my status, but when you start to make money because of the grind that you put yourself into, right? You, you feel that you have to, the only way to maintain that is to stay with this status, right? To continue to be around these people, continue to go 24 hours at work, right? Like, and that's all that is bull, dude. It's, it's complete crap. I I was literally in a place of a loaded gun and a suicide note, and I was ready to go And there. And it was divine intervention that kept me here, but it was the grind and the hustle mentality that put me there in the first place. And so I fell victim to it, man. I, I wholeheartedly admit it, but after that, I realized a lot of things. And let's just fast forward to today. I'm 36 years old. I just left the, the place that I've lived my entire life, Orlando, Florida, the place I call home, yeah. the number one MLS soccer team in the United States, Orlando City. You heard me say it right here. <laughs> Don't even play. But, but I left that place just literally two weeks ago to move to Tennessee onto a mountain where the population is like 150 people as opposed to the 1.4 million that lived around me my entire existence. Well, at least like recently, right? Where, where I have access to cities that I can go and I can influence, I can build community around, but, but I have come to a place where it is the literal opposite of what people would tell me would be the right kind of place to go to continue to build success. You know what I'm doing, Rob? I'm risking, right? Instead of sitting around saying, how do I hustle harder through this, these stereotypes and this and these lies. Instead, I, I have, for the last 10 years of my life, since that attempted suicide, I've always said, what's going, to, what's going to cause risk in my life that can create growth and that can, that can realign me to my fulfillment and my happiness and that can put me in a better place as a human being at all times? And my wife and I decided that, it, that it's time for us to, to go live on a mountain because we desire that type of thing. We desire to to raise our son around a smaller community and allow him to get, be more intimate with, with, with less people. And, and because listen, like it's hard to recognize the grind and the hustle, like how, how disconnected it's truly making you from people. But when you're aware of it and you're, and you're 36 years old, you can sit around, you can say, man, like we're surrounded by friends and family and we barely see them, (laughs) you know, like there are all these reasons why we quote unquote live here, but like that, 
everything else about this place sucks except for those two th- that that fact of that we have a community here right everything else is starting to not be good except a shout out to orlando's food saying black rooster Takario, y'all are my boys if anybody's in orlando go check them out <laughs> but again the thought process is is that like that's what intimacy is bro is the fact that like i'll get on a plane right now and fly down there to go eat dinner to fly back because the experience they provide for me the love i feel when i'm inside of that place but but as a whole, that community has just disconnected itself from intimacy. It has become robotic. It has become status quo. It has become something that is, is just unrecognizable for a guy like me that seeks true development and that wants happiness. And, and really, it's the lie of the grind. If you, if you put it all back together again, bro, it's the lie of the grind. You do not have to, to live in a metropolitan place. You do not have to work 24-7. You do not have to slave yourself to, to this identity of, of what you do for a living. You can be Dale Dupree. You can re- be Rob Jefferson. You can be who it is that you have been called to become. And you don't have to do it the way that the world tells you. All those guys and girls are lying to your face and they're making money off of you doing it. Stop throwing away all your potential on that concept and start living your life. Okay. So I want to, I want to sit on that one now, dude. I mean, you're just dropping bombs everywhere. I love this. So here's the, so what I think on this. So now I want to turn that into what does a sales leader do with that? Okay. Tell me if I'm, if I'm getting you right. I want you to tell me if I'm interpreting this the right way. Okay. So sometimes leaders might say, Hey, we got a new number. Like I'm hearing it with everybody, all of our success last year. Now people want that to be the new standard. You guys beat your goal this year. It's the new goal for next year. Okay. You see that. I, I mean, that's what companies do. Um, instead of saying, I choose that I will sacrifice my nest, the stuff that makes me Dale, the stuff that makes me Rob, the stuff that makes me whoever, I can choose growth. Growth is not the equivalent of grind. It's a different G word. I'm going to choose growth. I'm going to get better here, here, and here. I'm going to develop something new here, here, and here. I'm going to move to a different location and develop this. Choosing growth can mean you don't have to choose the grind. Grind says, I'm not going to get better. I'm just going to work and will my way there. Choosing growth means mm. I can get there maybe easier. What do you mm. think about that? Am I, is that right or is that wrong? Man, not even maybe, bro. Like you will get there easier. You'll get there happier. You'll get there with more peace in your life. You'll get there. You'll be more involved with yourself. You'll be more involved with that success. Yeah, absolutely you'll put yourself into a better position to find it. And maybe it takes a little bit longer, like from, from perception or perspective, right? Like maybe it takes a little bit longer, but really that's the point. It's supposed to, nothing worth doing was ever easy and nothing that came over night ever lasted. Those are things that are extremely important for people to remember, you know, because what's here today is gone tomorrow, guys. I hate to break it to you. I drive down the mountain and get hit by a car and I'm dead and you're listening to this and I'm gone. That's it. It's over, right? There are no take backs. And so I have to know that when I walked out the door before that, that I looked at my wife and my son and said, I love you. And I meant it. That I looked at myself in the mirror and said, dude, you got some flaws still, but I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the things that you've been doing. I'm so proud of of the way that you're living your life. I love you too, right? I have to have that in my life. If I don't have that in my life, what have I done? for myself. What have I done for my community in the first place? The grind does not allow that. The grind is like in and out, gone here today, gone tomorrow. The grind to me, like, I hate to say this, and I'm sorry if any of your listeners are in this world, right? But the grind to me is like the mortgage guy that's just, he's making a million bucks a year, but 
you know, you see him for like 30 seconds, <laughs> you know, yeah. in the transaction of your home and, and he's flashy and he's in your face and he seems cool, but then he's gone because all he really cares about is the grind, is the money, yep. is the status, is the Tesla, is the $4 million mansion. All that shit gets taken away when you die, bro. Or it's a burden on your family because they're like, what's dad's muscle car doing here? And what the hell are we going to do with it? Right. I mean, there's so much more to the stuff. And, and now all the grind does is gives us the stuff than we even allow. Like there's so much more negativity to it that we allow ourselves to see. So I would say like that it is a different G word. It, it is growth and that it is much faster, much yeah. more fulfilling and much better for people. And I'm not going to say it's easy because you and I both know growth requires commitment. It's a word you started with. Growth requires yes. all of these things. You have to be, you have to choose to grow. Here's what I'd say to finish this concept and we'll finish this thing off. Talent is a gift, man. We're all blessed with different talents, but growth, that's a freaking choice, man. You got to choose growth. You got to choose to outgrow your talent. You got to choose to bust through that. And if that's a different kind of effort, that's one you can get excited about because the growth will create new possibilities. Possibilities are something we should all chase in my mind, my man. Yes. I love that, bro. Okay. We are... We are down to just a few minutes left. So I, I don't want to ask you anything else. We've talked about belief. We've talked about connection. We've talked about growth. We've talked about a lot of really great things. I'm inspired, man. And I, I, I would love to have like a three-hour episode with you. And, but I want to turn it around. I, I want to first ask, I want to give you the opportunity just to tell our listeners where you are, how to connect with you, all that stuff. And then I want to have you like give us any final thoughts to the sales leaders all around the world because you got people dotting the whole globe listening to you right now. What advice would you give them to wrap up this conversation? So, so that's where we're going. Right. How do they connect with you? How do they get more of what you're doing? How do they join the rebellion, man? Cool. It's simple. Go to the salesrebellion.com. There's a community tab in the top right hand corner find our slack you can read our sales rebel blog you know for some cool content uh, you can come on linkedin as well too which is linkedin.com backslash in backslash copier warrior and you can find my daily feed if you're on twitter i know rob uh yep. is on twitter too i'm i, I think you're right yeah you're on twitter yep. and i know you're on linkedin because you're like the first person to like my post thank you for that by the way bro i always <laughs> see your name pop up and i'm like damn my guy i love this guy but but daily content feeds are important right because it allows you to continue to hear my thoughts and continue to hear like what's going on with me and just understand that like here's the thing that i believe more than anything is that I cannot stand the people that online and on a podcast or one thing and in person or something else. I, I invite you to hold me accountable in my life. I invite you to become a part of this rebellion and let us do the same with you. Just the same, because growth is what is, is in it for us. When we do that, the G word, the actual G word that matters, right? Get rid of the grind and start focusing on the growth. Do the things that are tough, risk a little bit more, play the long game. Think bigger about the concept of your, your sales career. Think bigger about the concept of your leadership career. Think bigger about the people in which you serve in your community and which you serve inside of your office and, and understand that it is legacy building that we're doing with these things. That even at the end of the day, like the one thing that I love to say when I'm on these shows, <clears throat> especially this one, because I know that, that Rob gets it, is that it's not a, this is not about me. I'm not doing, I didn't quit my big job, you know, with the corporate world, making seven figures, doing my thing. Like, cool. I got the story. Who cares? None of you care. What you care about is yourself, is your growth, is your sustainability, is your fulfillment, is your happiness. And listen, 
I want you to understand that I care just as much because that's one of my gifts. That's one of the things that I've been given, right? And you just talked about that a second ago. What are, what are, what are certain things? What are talents that are within us? Well, listen, one of my talents is, is that I was born and raised by men that taught me that you, Dale, I understand you. I see the way that you act with your friends. I see that you love to share, that you're giving, and I'm going to help you to develop that over time. And I'm so grateful for that. And so as an adult, I'm continuing to do that. And even if it's helping other people make money or helping other people have that success outside of these intrinsic things that I'm talking about, that brings me fulfillment too. So if anything that you got from any of this, you know, understand that there are people out there that really mean what they say and they want to see you become better. They want to see your people become better. And there's no, nothing in it for us in that. We, other than the, the straight up fulfillment that we get from hearing the stories and seeing the success. And that's what makes this life so much worth living, right? I don't care about sitting in your Bugatti and you showing me how the leather seat massages my butt. I really don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. What I do care about is what is it? What is your inside past the curtain, right? What's happening with you? How are you becoming better? How are you passing that along to other people? Because 50% of, of the personality that we see on the outside is typically, you know, not what's on the inside, right? Like they're, they're of the hundred percent, there's an, something else going on. And I, I want to see people become better because of those stats, because of that truth. I want to see people get past the status quo, get past this lie of what the grind tells us to do and find and seek true happiness and fulfillment because we're working smarter as a unit, as a rebellion, as people that believe that we can get that done because we've seen it happen generationally with the people that have taught us and yep. we're not going to be the minority anymore. We are going to be the majority. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. By the time that I die, you will see the majority of salespeople think this way. That's all she wrote. Boom. I can't add anything to it. Dale, you are a phenom, man. You are awesome. I'm so grateful that you would join us once again. And I hope that next year we'll have you on again to talk about what's coming in 23. Um, his name is Dale Dupree. He is helping people make how they sell and how they lead the differentiator. He's helping people move away from the grind and choose growth every single time. And if you are not part familiar of what he's doing, if you have not started picking up what he's laying down, if you have not checked out the rebellion, my advice to you, go check out Dale. Look what he has to offer. He will help you not only be better in the greatest professional in the world at sales and sales leadership, this dude will help you have a better life. Dale, you are awesome, man. Uh, from one friend to another, thank you for what you do for our community. Thank you for being a friend to me. And as I say to everybody, happy selling, my man. Love you, bro. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group, my company. And if you're like most sales leaders and you've been left to figure out your sales leadership system on your own, I'd love to talk to you. Because while there's no shortcut to success, you can get there faster if you take the most direct route. We do three things for sales leadership teams. The first is our community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. If you like the content of this podcast, you'll love the content in Sales Leadership United. It's like a Home Depot for sales, for sales leaders. With my very best content and over 100 hours of training materials, you can find everything you need in Sales Leadership United. Find it on Patreon and give it a shot. Second, we provide group training for sales leaders inside your company. 
This is a three and a half month immersive group training that has eight sessions helping escort you quickly on the journey to elite sales leadership. It's a fantastic experience and one that people rant and rave about. And our third solution is one where you get one-on-one coaching with me. If you've never had a coach in your corner, now is a great time to give it a try. The greatest performers in the world in every discipline invest in themselves. And the leaders I'm coaching, well, they're having the best years of their career as we find those small improvements that create huge impact. So save your most important resource. It's your time. Small improvements create disproportionate results in both sales and sales leadership. And if you can win just a little more, just a little faster, you're going to create massive results. And if you want to find those small advantages that create massive results, then hit me up today. Now, I never get enough of Dale Dupree. He is absolutely one of my very favorite people in the sales community. There's a lot of reasons why, but the biggest reason is his authenticity and his love Okay? It's not just love for the sales profession. It's love for the customers he serves. It's love for the reps that he leads. Frankly, it's love for people in general. This dude is real. And this love I'm talking about is very real, very powerful, and maybe more important, very rare. And that's why it stands out. And this dude oozes it. If there's one thing you can pick up from this episode, it's that. But this episode is packed with insights and nuggets, these sound bites that are powerful, okay? These nuggets, these, these, these drops of pure fire that will help you find that next level. And I want to start with one of the power statements he made at the very end. I'm going to start at the end and work backwards on this one. He said, and you need to put this, write this down, put it in bold, underline it, the whole deal. He said, the grind is a lie. I'm going to say it again. The grind is a lie. Success as a sales leader is not about how do I hustle harder? How do I get the members of my team to hustle harder? The hustle is almost rarely the answer these days, okay? The answer is something much different. The answer is answering a different question, and that question is, how do I create growth? Looking through that lens is the exact opposite of the hustle and grind lens. I've been doing a ton of SKOs in the last couple of weeks. In fact, I've done five of them in the last two and a half weeks, and I got three more coming up in the next three weeks. And when I go to these things, everybody at the sales kickoff is looking to grow, right? The the CEO's there, she or he has specific goals. Uh, The CRO is there, or the VP of sales is there, and all the sales managers are there, and all the salespeople are there. Um, Everybody that's part of the sales organization, I don't care if you're SDR or AE or or even customer success, you're all there, and everybody's had the more button pushed. We need more, more customer logos, more more customer revenue per customer, uh, more logos, more, 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 more multi-years on the the contracts. I, I don't care what your thing is. We want more. So we push that more button, and the more button by itself is not a bad thing. More button is what we sign up for when we get into sales. It's our job to fund the growth of an organization. But the problem is too often we just push the more button and we just keep pushing it almost like uh, Hector Salamanca on Breaking Bad, if you've watched that. Uh, Hopefully there's a bunch of Breaking Bad people out there that are smiling right now. You remember him just ring that bell, the more bell, over and over and over. And so every year when we push that button, too often we fall victim to an either-or construct. Let me tell you about that either-or construct. The either-or construct says, well, if I'm going to have success at work, it's going to come at the expense of time with my family. So it's either I do this or I do that. 
And we make this mistake and, and we feel like we have to choose professional growth at the expense of our personal lives and our personal growth. And that's a lie. I know. I, I know because I've made the mistakes that come with that faulty construct. So that's why I'm so grateful for this message from Dale. The, the, the grind is a lie. If you only get one thing, get that. Get rid of that grind mentality, that hustle and grind culture, okay? I agree with Dale that mindset is what will rule it all. And, right, and mindset is about experiences. And, and, and it's about creating commitment. Commitment to who? It's commitment to yourself. Commitment to your family. Commitment to your company. Commitment to those you lead. You, you can serve all of those. You don't have to pick one at the expense of the other, okay? And... So this week, I, I, I want you to really realize that success doesn't have to be a grind. And you need to help those you lead realize that success doesn't have to be a grind. Success comes through, the, through development and through commitment. So tap into the whole person. Go back and listen to what Dale said. He gave some great nuggets. He talked about playing the long game in the development of your people, just like you do in your own career. And that is profound if you go back and think about what that means. If you don't know what each rep on your team prioritizes and is inspired by, this week, make it a point to learn those things, okay? Don't wait. Connect to those things that they care about. Create connections around the things that inspire them. But whatever you do, create commitment. And once you do that, you can create momentum and development. And then, and only then, can you create that rare thing called belief. And belief? Well, belief is irresistible. It's contagious. So I'm going to start the way I finished. Dale's right. The grind is a lie. Choose growth over the grind every single time. Your career and the careers of those you lead will change almost immediately if you can make this change. So Dale, my friend, thank you so much for joining me. Congrats on the amazing work you're doing with the Sales Rebellion. Keep bringing the love to the sales profession and that authenticity that comes when you do sales for the right reasons. If you haven't already, reach out to Dale, connect with him, check out what the rebellion has to offer. And finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. If you liked this episode, do us a favor and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me get the best guests in the world on our show. But the best compliment you can give me is to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it. And then be elite. Live strong. Chase your passions. And whatever you do, don't worry. Just execute. Because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast. The award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.